episode 97. 97 full hours of listening to Mike and I drone on about drums. If you're still with us, that is awesome, and thank you so much for listening. What's up, everyone? This is episode 97 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. My name is Mike Johnston from Mike'sLessons.com. My co-host, who will be joining me shortly, is Mr. Mike Dawson, managing editor of Modern Drummer Magazine. After Mike and I get all caught up, and we will not talk about the weather or our dogs, we are going to talk about building confidence and also talk about the role that social media plays in building your confidence or sometimes the lack of confidence you might have. Our featured artist this time is Mute Math's own Darren King. In our gear review section, Mike will be checking out the Remo Power Stroke 3 Felt Tone Bass Drum Heads. We'll get to a bunch of your listener questions, and as always, we'll give you our picks of the week. So let's get started. Yeah, I'm recording. All right, in <laughs> three, two, one. Snap! <laughs> Snap! Not even close. I know, but you know what? It was really close on my end because I delayed the snap just so I could hear it click for once. (laughs) Hey, we haven't had anyone complain about our always doing the snap in the beginning of the show, so at least we can keep that going Uh, for another week (laughs) until they bring that up. Uh, You know what, though? I'll just count our blessings. We're just lucky that we even get to do this, man. Mm -hmm. And we are both wrecked today. Yes, indeed. I think I might still have morning voice, even though it's noon. <laughs> I feel like it, too. Yeah. Going deep. A little bit, a little bit closer to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Here at the men's warehouse. Yeah. Uh, you doing good? I'm doing all right. You know, I was telling you before we started, I, I've been rehearsing every Wednesday night for a new a new band that's just going to be gigging around the area, and it's, it just ruins me for podcast day. I mm. got to reschedule that rehearsal because I feel like I'm like, I'm like coughing it up, and but I'm here, man. Let's do it. We're episode 97. We're three away from our gigantic 100 celebration. Century so we've mark. got yeah. so many emails uh, and shut up. So unfortunately, for those of you who entered, your odds are going down of winning. But uh, thank you all for man, entering. It's like we the got Hunger hundreds, Games out there. <laughs> hundreds of emails have come in. I think Lashonda hates me because she's forwarded me the word doggies <laughs> like. <laughs> Hundreds of times. <laughs> uh, it makes so much sense in the moment, but then you think about the logistics, and it's like, why? Why? Hundreds. Doggies. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. So that was the word of the week for last week. This week, it'll be a totally different word. So, you'd, so as of Friday, um, well, I guess we could still accept doggies, but I'm thinking here's the rules. You can enter three times so each week you can enter but it has to be the different words so if i have a duplication of your email with the same word that's going one of them is going to be discounted but if you want to enter every week with the new word that's fair game Uh, so doggies was last week who knows what this week's going to be we'll figure it out by the end of the hour tell lashonda i'll try to make it a cooler word (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, the info i almost want to give my own email but i'm like i don't want 350 no, doggy emails no, coming no, no. <laughs> no 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 oh, but anyway man. thanks everyone for entering and playing along it was absolutely fun. So we've got uh we should probably remind everyone of the contest episode 100 we're going to be giving away a modern drummer 40th anniversary uh solid maple snare drum we're going to be giving away a full set of aquarium super pads and vader is going to be sending was it 36 pairs of sticks i think so I think. three bricks yeah, three bricks of sticks of your choice, of your a stick choice, bag yeah. and a holder, and some. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some of the their rods and monster brushes and and buzz kills and all kinds of cool stuff. So it's a Should pretty cool. mega mega contest. We're excited to launch that here in a couple of weeks. So this week will be the second week for entry, and that info will come in to mdinfo at moderndrummer dot com. You can apologize to Lashonda when you hit send. <laughs> <laughs> she will appreciate it. Oh my goodness. Man, I hope I really. I know you can't obviously choose where these packs go and these prizes go, but 
man, I hope that snare drum goes to somebody that just doesn't have a great drum. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it to be one more drum, yeah. of like their 20 snares. <laughs> yeah. Cause that is like, that's like, oh, well, I'm kind of, if you have that one maple drum, it's like, cool, I've got this done. I've got this handled. I've got my yep. snare for the next 10 sessions that, you know, or my first 10 drum sessions. Like, this will just work. Yeah, so I, exactly. I really hope that goes to somebody that needs it because that's going to be that's going to be a great prize for sure. <clears throat> Man, I'm in full camp mode. I can't get <clears throat> the frog out of my throat. <laughs> so you don't? Do you do a lot of like yelling and screaming and making them do push-ups and, and wind sprints? Uh, the push-ups. <laughs> the push-ups used to happen. It was ten push-ups for every dropped stick. Um, oh, wow. Because they're on their pads nine hours a day, so guaranteed there's going to everyone's dropping sticks. But yep. Amber didn't like the. Uh, I don't know the insurance ramifications of you know i don't know just random <laughs> dude that's, <laughs> what random dude that's weighing in at four spins and tries to do a push-up and breaks an elbow like i don't know i i, I felt the same i was like what what the hell's gonna happen worst case scenario they go face first into the carpet who cares worst but, case scenario, they get a sore arm Big yeah deal. well i think what it was was the the fact that we could actually get in a little bit of trouble for causing embarrassment. There are people that can't do ten push ups, right? So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't want somebody like shaking on eight and and then all of a sudden go into this downward mental spin. Yeah, I'm like yeah, oh bro, enough. it was no big yeah. deal. I don't hell do one. I don't care. Uh, um, yeah. There's plenty of things that I can't do ten of. So uh, so yeah. So anyway, so we stopped the push ups. So we don't do that anymore. I do yell a lot, but not in anger. It's it's. <laughs> It's it's all that damn woo crap. Like, <laughs> like that's what's wearing me down because I get so freaking excited. I mean, these guys are being pushed past their limits, and I'm on this journey with them. And when when they do something that I know that three days ago they couldn't do, I just I take it like I went through it. Like so emotionally, yeah. physically, everything. I'm feeling it. I'm sweating while they're playing because I'm so nervous for them and I want them to do well. And so yeah, so I, I'm just. Uh, this is this is the first advanced camp of the year, so I'm just a little more worn out than normal. And then uh, my band played for the campers last night, which was a treat. Um, and it's great to just get to hear the, the campers' questions to my bandmates about yeah, no bass, doubt. guitar, and all that kind of stuff. So that, that stuff's really cool. So I had a good time with that. And then I've got two more days with these guys. And then I'm, I don't know about you, um, but do you ever – well, of course you do, but – when that wave hits you of new drumming ideas, it's just so much fun because you know what yeah. to practice. Like I practice every day, you practice every day, but sometimes I'm just going back in time and repracticing old things where now I've got this new flood of ideas. Uh, I'm making this 2017, 2018 is going to be my time of time. I'm focusing. Mm, good I've, for you. So what happened was I did a live lesson. I said, and somebody asked about like, hey, how do you work on your timing? I said, you know, honestly, just play to a gap click. Of course, I'm live on camera. Let me just whip that out at 60 BPM. <laughs> it went really bad, dude. Uh, like, oh, I feel for you. That's so, that's that's heartbreaking. <laughs> it sucked. It it went so bad, and I couldn't play it. Off. You know, we're live. There's no like, all right, let me just because that's that's the thing. Instagram shows you like, yeah, I nail it every time. Mm-hmm. Everybody nails it every time. It's yep. like, no, that's that dude's 27th take. Well, <laughs> it's live. We're streaming. And uh, I just, I Only kept coming in hour. early. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I kept coming in early and it was like, 
My gosh, uh, this is going bad, and it just got worse and worse. So, Everett, that was on a week ago. It was uh, last Wednesday, so a week and a day. And all I've done, my click now on my polynome that I'm using, it just is a gap click. So I don't mm-hmm. practice without a gap click. It just is. And then I started working on all of the offbeat click stuff, um, coming up with systems for how do you get to the E unless you start with the downbeat. Like, I could do. I can play to the E. Playing to the E isn't the problem. It's turning the downbeat into the E. My brain yeah, couldn't yeah. do it, so I had to come up with a system for that. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm just kind of on one of those practice highs right now. Well, um, good luck, and I'll see you in five, six years. I know, right? <laughs> Where I'm still struggling with it. I know. Isn't that crazy? Dude? I've been playing 35 years, and now we're like, yeah, I'm going to get into my time. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. that's it, it's it's again, it's the irony of youth. You know, you you overlook the important stuff. There's always the few kids who just get it right away. But I think that I mean, I have a couple students that you know. Last week, I decided, all right, let me throw the click track on just to see if they can play a beat because we were trying to learn just like a Tom Petty song, and it was just a little bit too fast for him to keep up. So, okay, like let me turn a, a metronome on like 10 BPM slower, and it took a it took the whole half an hour just for him to understand that. Oh yeah, this is supposed to be in time <laughs> like just yeah. the concept of what is time and how to keep because i mean this we're talking about a nine-year-old it's just a whole new world and of course i think there's some kids that just get it naturally but i mean for me i was 25 when i decided my time needed to be fixed you know yeah well I that's planned for 16 years i think what happens is the longer that you play the more you keep you keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in and getting it tighter and tighter. Of course, you know when I say like I've never worked on my time, that's a lie. I've worked on my time my whole life, but I've never obsessed on my never time. Practiced it, yeah, yeah. And and it's kind of always been like what we talk about. Like I hit the one, like I landed yeah. on, you know. So it's tightening it up. It's tightening up the confidence during the gap click. You know, two bars of click, two bars of gap, and not freaking out in those last three or four beats. Like, yeah. am I dragging this? Am I rushing it? And then you, it's like, no, no, I'm good. I trust myself. This is the time and becoming the time yourself. The other thing is you have to learn yourself. Here's just for everyone out there that's maybe struggling with this. So what happened was if, if it's 16th notes or 32nd notes, gap click and me are fine. Even at like 40 BPM, that, those are like my home subdivisions. Mm-hmm. I, I did it in 16th note triplets because that's the one that I'm the most uncomfortable in. So it went really bad on the live lessons. Just totally train wrecked it. And I, I literally had to just say, sorry, guys, I really can't do this. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not fun to say to 10,000 students. Uh, <laughs> but keep paying, please. Uh, but I think, if anything, they were like, cool. So it, you can't do it either? It's like, no, this is really hard, man. Right. So I went back as soon as the lesson was over. And I did 16th note triplets to a gap click, hand to hand totally fine then i did sticking patterns is that the problem totally fine then i did linear stuff got some bass drum in there is that the problem nothing so then i Mm. improvised i mean everything was perfect then i improvised and it went bad and i was like okay why is it because i improvised because it wasn't really improvising i kind of knew what i was playing but i noticed what it was was anytime i had two kicks in 16th note triplets those two kicks were rushed which threw off everything going forward Uh if i did kick right left the whole time no problem right left kick but as soon as i did kick kick right left right left kick kick right left what happened was my foot would skip and i'd go kick kick right left right left kick kick right left Uh left, kick kick I mean, at a minuscule amount, but after four of those, I've rushed the fill, and I come yep. in way early. So I had to relearn how to play doubles as 16th note triplets on my bass drum at slow speeds. And once I fixed that, everything was fine. So zeroing in on what is causing this, because it, it's not as simple as you have bad time. It's like, no, 
something is bad in there. Let's find that thing. And so it was a great process for me because now I have that process for my students. And I can say, let's, let's find out. Is it your hands? Is it your hands and your feet? Is it it maybe it is improvising when people improvise they tend to slow down because they can't think of what to do and it yeah. makes them it's yeah. like well you don't drag you just can't think fast enough to do that yeah. so so anyway That's so fun. yeah so it's it's That's one of those great. those problems to me usually provide me the most inspiration because mm-hmm. if i have a problem all i got to do is work yeah, i just right. don't know how to work when i don't know what the hell the problem is <laughs> why am i why am i yelling at you <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you're obviously playing so long you're able to pinpoint exactly what it is but i think for anyone who's never tried to really play in time before it's Mm -hmm. it is a a question of oh my god everything is wrong of course and that's where i had to go back i mean it was like i I realized it wasn't one thing it was everything sure yeah well i I think go back and like play quarter notes at 60 and then eighth notes at 60 and then read the alfred drum method at 60 yeah and not allowing my my focus to drift at all. It was like I had to attack every possible thing that was could have been making me like. Right. Should I count out loud? Should I sing the rhythm while I'm playing it? Should I tap have your foot? Sixteenth notes going in my head. Should I tap right. my foot? I went through everything, and I think that was honestly the most valuable thing for me because I didn't know what was wrong. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I tried everything, which meant I went even further down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So I've got all these different devices. I never did pinpoint exactly what it was other than I just had never focused on it before. I, yeah. I, I skipped over it, the idea of my subdivisions being as accurate as possible. And, and it just kept me from – it just gave me that you know that, that swimming around the click thing that it was still in time, but nothing's really kind of solid and – yeah, for me it was subdivision, especially improvising. Uh, when I would just try to play shapes and not actually know what subdivision I'm playing. Sometimes right. it's a five, sometimes it's a six, sometimes I'm throwing in extra strokes that that end up throwing me off by a sixty fourth note. Like little things that, yeah. Like if there's no metronome on, it's in time. The bass player can follow me. It's cool. Right. Turn the metronome on. It's like I literally just dropped a sixty fourth note and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? No. That's. I mean. One, the other thing, too, is once you start to actually get it right, then you know when it's wrong, which is nice. Uh, but I think that is general timing. The thing is, I, I think we do that, but we don't, we don't do it far enough. So every 10 years, we revisit it as like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm going to go. Now I'm really going to care. Because, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I definitely did. I couldn't play quarter notes to, you know, on my ride in time when I was nine. Um, yeah. So we go through that stuff, you know, but... Yeah, I, right now where I'm at with it is the gap click is on in two bar phrases so, or four bar phrases, two bars of click, two bars of gap. And now I'm trying to play syncopated rhythms with lots of space. Space is my problem now because I can yeah. fill up the space and stay in time. Now when I'm going, sha do do good do ga but do good Because you can't rely on your body to fill the time. You have to use your mind to fill yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. And so anyways, uh, I, I'm enjoying having that – time so uh when the campers are at lunch i'm like yeah you know what you guys go without me i'm gonna stay in practice because i'm obsessed right now so (laughs) that's great you know what all of this stuff comes down to building your confidence and feeling good on the drum set the the better you feel on the drum set because of the practice time the more you're gonna give off of confidence and i think uh russ miller wrote an article in your guys july issue just about building confidence and how it relates to social media and how we're allowing social media to dictate our confidence and our depression and things like that so do you want to give an overview of what russ was talking about 
Uh, well, he it's called building confidence the right kind and the right way. So he yeah he's he's talking about um, <clears throat> basically being prepared is kind of his whole theme, like being so prepared for any gig that shows up that you know that that you've got your fundamentals under under control. Okay. That confidence of knowing that, all right, at least I'm going to play at a certain level no matter what it is. So mm. I can go into more risky situations. I can take more chances. But I know that my time and my sound and my ideas are at least going to be at a professional level. Right. Uh, which I think is a good uh, – that's kind of like a, a ground zero, I think, for building confidence, which relates to exactly what we talked about. Like, can you play in time? If not, I don't think you can ever be confident that you're going to sound good. You right. know, like – Oh, especially in a recording studio where everyone's examining what you do to the nth degree. But yeah, then he does talk about the misconceptions of popularity translating into confidence, and that's right. kind of what, what you're alluding to. I've noticed a phenomenon. I mean, it, you post something on social media or YouTube, and, and you're looking for immediate feedback, and that's kind of an anxiety-inducing experience that I don't think is necessarily healthy all the time. It's not healthy anytime, man. <laughs> you know, uh, like, yeah. oh, are people going to like it or not like it? I mean, it's, it's – you know, and I've heard there's actually – I didn't even realize this. The kids – kids, I don't know how young that would qualify, but if they don't get a certain number of likes right away, they delete the post. Like I that totally to me see that. Yeah. Is, is just misleading. I mean, you're lying to yourself. You're misleading everyone that right. is following you. Like, what's the point in doing that? Like, I don't care if a photo gets 50 likes and a video gets 300. Right. But for some people, that really matters. And I think that's, yeah. that's a really unhealthy way to live, <laughs> you know, yeah. minute by minute, it's, day it's, by day. It's a whole different level of validation, you know. Um, and it's, it's, it's natural. You know, even at camp, we have campers that maybe have never gotten a lot of affirmation as a drummer, but they think they're good. But they and and, and maybe they are, but they're thinking like, I don't know, just nobody's ever told me if I'm good or not. And, and it's this really crazy thing. So you've been to my studio. I'm in a control room, but I can see the drum set, right? Right. Just like in a normal studio. Well, I'm looking out at the drum set, and Camper X is out there, and he's jamming. And every time he plays a fill, he looks to his left at me for approval. Um, uh, yeah, and yeah. it's a total habit, and I, and and they don't even know they're doing it. They have no yeah. idea, but they just need like that was cool, right? That was cool, right? And it's like, <laughs> and I I'll give them like one or two thumbs ups, like you're fine, and then eventually I just duck behind the monitor. I'm like, stop staring at me, like <laughs> just play. I'll I'll, I mean, I'll stop you if it's horrible. Like, what if you gave them a thumbs down? What would happen? Exactly. Well, they they just like, what? <laughs> what did I do? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> just want to see what a thumbs down would do to you but yeah i mean and that's that's really what we're doing with social media is well i'm not going back to instagram after my post last night to see did mike post up a new groove i'm going there to see how many people liked my video that i posted i'm not saying that that's i don't want to be doing that for sure yeah and that's it's not good because I don't want my students to think like, yeah, but nobody liked my stuff. I'm like, dude, you don't even have a following. How the hell would anybody even know to like it? So mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Just just do it. Head down, do your thing, and it's going to be fine. I think one way you can fix that is to get the drummer to change their mindset of why they're putting this stuff out there. Instead of putting it out there to share your talent with the world, which means you're hoping that somebody's going to watch it, Use social media to hold yourself accountable. Yeah, the way that you will practice too, yeah. when you know you're about to make this public and anyone could see it, it's going to make your practice so much more intense. Yep. Don't worry about the reaction to it. I, I uh, Here's a perfect thing. 
uh, my band right now. It's the it's the most fun I'm having in drums in general, probably in the last ten years. I love it to death. We could probably get if we have a bad video, bad video uh, review or whatever. I don't know, maybe ten thousand views. And it's like, oh man, nobody likes our band. <laughs> well, to someone else, ten thousand views would be great. Yeah, I've now, never reached that. <laughs> okay, well, here's the video that I cared the least about. My friend and I, Devin Sumner, he comes over. We're jamming. We're trying to do play paradiddles at like 200 BPM while saying the alphabet back and forth. But the the alphabet itself is a paradiddle. So he says A, I say B, he says C oh, okay. and D. Tricky. I say E, he says F, G, H. Anyways, that was and all we did was upload the outtakes of it. I just checked on that video and it got 102,000 views on Instagram. Yeah, I mean that's entertaining. Yeah, that's, right. But that's I, I mean, we difference. weren't trying. Like, what if I use yeah. that to validate and be like, Devin, we got to do more videos. People are just craving it. It's <laughs> then like you become no. a comedy duo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what they were liking is one they probably have never seen me be a dude. That's just me hanging yeah. out with my boy, and it's like everyone can relate to it, you know. And yeah. it got shared and shared and shared. But so the thing that I care the most about gets the least views, and the things that I couldn't care less about gets the most views. So you can't allow this stuff. In business, they just call it vanity metrics. You can't allow these numbers uh-huh. to dictate your confidence and be like, well, we're killing it because we have 100,000 views, or we suck because we have 10 views. It's like, just do it to do it. But I think yeah. if you just turn social media into an accountability place yep. where it's like, yep. I'm filming this, I'm holding myself accountable, and... And you know what? The video I put up on Facebook has uh, of my band last night has probably like one or two pretty decent flubs by all three of us at some point. Mm-hmm. I know that my guitar player will take it the hardest because he's a perfectionist. And I'm looking forward to him coming to me and being like, dude, I'm really bummed that you uploaded that video. And I'm going to say, no. If you want that video to sound better, practice harder. But yeah. I mean, you, you, wanna, you want me to upload a better clip? Don't make flubs. <laughs> but it, but I made sure that all three of us had. It was like, dude, did you hear me? I, I came in like oh, yeah. so late on that. But it's like, and my thought is that if I want that video to sound better, we don't record it again. We just play better next time. Yeah. You know? So I think yeah, I think the point we when we were talking about doing this topic, I was thinking what what have I done in my drumming career that has given me the most confidence? And mm-hmm. without a doubt. It is going on the road and having to play for a new crowd and and not be the main act and having to win over whoever we can every night, mm-hmm. you know, to drive eight hours and and play for a half hour, like to have that short window of opportunity to actually play my drums for people, was the number one confidence building yeah. experience because I had to I had to bring it, I had to deliver, and it was a duo, so it was just me and the wow. guitarist singer, but that. I think that experience can be replicated by posting content daily mm-hmm. and knowing that you can't delete it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. there. So do something, be proud of it, post it, and just see what happens. That's yeah. everything that I I've been doing has been mm-hmm. has been me uh, basically turning on my effects processors, coming up with a beat five minutes later, recording a video and posting it. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I hate it, but it doesn't matter. I'm just putting it up because that's what I did today and I know tomorrow is going to be different. It's going to be a little, maybe a little better. Right. Maybe I'll improve something that I, that I screwed up on in the last one. But I think that has been almost as effective as touring for me and just sheer like I'm confident playing my drums for people. And knowing you know, that, I gotta you know, say it too, is what it is. Not, I mean, just, I guess, as, as, a, as your longtime friend, I know your skill level. I know that you have all of the Instagram candy in your back pocket, and you could easily just go for likes. It would be so easy for you to do because you have all of that in your back pocket. And the fact that really 
I mean, you have to know that the stuff that you're putting up, it's going to get respect, but it's the drum nerd kid isn't going to be like, that's the jam. Yeah, right. I love that. <laughs> I love it so much because it's like, that's why people like Ash Sohn share your videos because it's like, yeah. man, this is something deeper. This cat's going for something deeper than just the surface level licks and chops, which you but already I, have. But I got to tell you, it is, it's an everyday temptation. Like, what can I do that'd be impressive? Like, that's right. the last thing I should think about. And it, it's funny, I think the one video of mine that did get the most, I, I hate talking about myself, but the one video that did get the most reaction was when I threw in a short little 30-second note lick. Right. It's like, really? That one that yeah. one measure and a half? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. There's a, re- there's a level of responsibility that we all feel. For me as an educator, my job is to actually throw those little tiny licks in, but in a way that gets them to ask a question, which gives mm-hmm. me a deeper answer possibility. So they say, right. hey, what was that thing you did at one minute <clears throat> or on Instagram at 49 seconds? I can say, oh, we have a, an entire course on creating linear vocabulary. Yeah, That's, that's what I want you, you to go yeah. do. I don't yeah. want you to learn my six little notes. Those were stu- They were anything. You could do we could yeah. spin a wheel and pick a you know linear randomizer. Uh, I, I think even uh, God, who was it? Uh, was it Carl Latham? Somebody had an app, and you literally just spun the wheel, and it, made, it was like, "Here's your linear fill." And I'm like, "This is dude, that's not a bad idea. You should build a wheel of fortune, linear, and then every you day have to go film up on yourself. Stage. And then oh, oh, yeah, you just myself? spin it. You oh, spin spin God. the wheel. There's your lick, and you got to do a video. No, <laughs> no, I don't want to be a collection of licks. I'm deeper than that, Mike Dawson. <laughs> deeper than that i'm working on my timing all right yeah uh, so let's do 40 bpm quarter notes every day on instagram yeah, there <laughs> now that is a channel dude different location every day 40 bpm and i'm thinking half notes and, but, but the face is full steve jordan just like it is the deepest thing you've ever cared about in your life new locations uh, well i think what we've kind of discussed and what it's come down to is that Social media is not evil. Social media just exists. It's what you allow social media to do to your own psyche. That's what can make it beneficial or evil. And you have to be the one to turn it into something positive. And you have to be the one to say, okay, this is a chance for me to make a statement of who I am, make a statement of the fact that I'm practicing and I'm a practicing drummer. Like uh, what Mike's doing right now is creating kind of a thing. I think that... There are musicians that follow Mike that would say, hey, I'm going to reach out to him to play on my project that needs that thing he does. Now, it's obvious that Mike or or a lot of drummers out there can do anything they want drumming-wise, but it's great when somebody has a thing. Um, So speaking of a thing, let's segue right into our featured artist because I have a reason to contact this guy based off of his drumming. If I'm a, a keyboard player or a songwriter, he he's in a very specific group where it's like, uh, well, let me see if Darren King from the band Mute Math or Zach Danzinger, let me see if these guys are available because they do this thing. Yeah. Um, and Darren King has a thing. And what I love about it is, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know him, but I'm assuming the dude can play his butt off. But he instead just committed to like this art form that's all his own, man. It's yeah. really cool. Um, Watching him do all those videos with Bryce and Nelson, Nelson Drum Company, and then watching the Guitar Center drum off stuff. Man, that yeah. the drum off stuff impressed me the most because of the fact that he's in a room full of drummers that are only there to see chops. Yeah. And he's holding a ride cymbal to his chest and playing 16th notes on it. <laughs> no, and he's got his headphones duct taped to his head. Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> How much hair does he lose? Uh, I love it. It's my favorite. I mean, 
yeah, he's for me, he's kind of like the perfect mix of a guy who's a, a really a, a awesome drummer, but also is gives you know he's reckless. He doesn't care. He's right. not worried if it's sloppy or if it's weird. But he also has an amazing aesthetic. I I think it was gosh the first year I started here, so going thirteen years when I first heard Mute Math, and it was like that was the one of the first times I heard like the vintage drum sound being utilized again. Yeah. Like yep. kind of before it became the thing that every indie rock band was doing. I was like, oh, wow, this guy's using like f- like really dead, fat sounds. That The uh-huh. stuff that I loved about Matt Chamberlain's work with Fiona Apple and stuff, it's like he's going for there. I love that. He's got the old vent- trashy cymbals and stuff. Yeah. But it's in this kind of like atmospheric, ambient, alternative band. It was, I thought it was really cool. So I've been a fan of his since then and just the fact that he'll just go for it. The drums are always up front in the mix. Yeah, um, he's just kind of goofy. He wears like a, gr- a like <laughs> a what is that suit he's wearing in the, in the drum off video? It's, it's kind of like a uh, maybe like the Maitre D at on your cruise line. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I love it. It's just checking in, seeing if you got the mint on your pillow. Single headed um, kick. He's got like a single headed floor tom for a rack tom. Yeah, they say his rack is bigger than his floor. Right, his floor looks like a thirteen. His rack's like a fourteen. Yeah, it's like everything is backwards and awesome. Yeah, and I also love the fact. I'm pretty sure now. I'm not. I'm a. I'm a decent mute math fan, um, but I'm not obsessed. I'm pretty sure that the singer of mute math is the one playing keys in those videos. Um, Oh, is it? Yeah, which guitar center one. Yeah, which I think is awesome um, because. Oh yeah, it does look like him. Yeah, Yeah. that's just (laughs) like. Here's what's crazy is I saw this when it first came out, and it didn't even click until I watched it again today, and I was like. Wait, that's the lead singer for Mute Math playing Yeah, it's basically Mute Math. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so awesome. But those videos, you can watch one through four on YouTube. By no means is this going to give you just like, oh, this is all Darren King is. But they're filmed well. They sound great. And you have to think of the setting. The setting is my favorite part of these videos. The setting is he's playing in front of a thousand drum nerds that are there to see people rip and solo. And he's not feeling that pressure. He's just going in and being himself. And yeah, he's going more like I'm going to knock this drum set over kind of approach. Yeah, I and I, I think what cool. he's saying really, and I don't know this, but I think he's almost saying like, hey, this is what we should all be trying to do. Yeah, the, these licks are cool and they're great, and but at some point you're going to have to forge your own path and be an artist. And he's a he's a true artist. Uh, if By the way, guys, if you haven't seen or heard Mute Math, it's not <clears> – <throat> It's not your typical band. I don't mean to use typical as a pun because that's one of my favorite songs by them. Yeah, no, that, that was, the was like their one. first hit. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, one. And the, the whole video is re, uh, filmed in reverse. I don't know if you ever saw the music video for it, but the whole thing is know, filmed backwards. Uh, but, cool. But it's in time it's forwards. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. Uh, I just don't even want to know what went into making that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're just not your typical Foo Fighters rock band they they just have that thing or they just push art a little bit further you know it's funny one of my favorite bands and i don't even know if this is considered a cool band or not because it's definitely late 90s but one of my favorite bands of all time had a drummer named jeremy taggart they're called our lady peace and all of a sudden it just kind of stopped and i felt like mute math picked up where they left off for me where it was like, oh, this is this is Our Lady Peace if they just pushed artistically one step further five years later. Oh, okay. And so so I just took my love for Our Lady Peace and Jeremy Taggart's style, style of drumming straight into Mute Math. And, I mean, their most recent album has a song on it called Monument that I absolutely love. And if you see the video, you 
good luck not crying. It's of an older man who's lost his wife, and he's created a monument in his house to her with pictures and everything. And oh, bro, it's like just it's like a five minute like a video Cash song of a guy l- losing his partner but being very happy about it like saying like look at all this beautiful stuff we created all these grandkids mm. man it'll rip you up but the song's beautiful and Darren King falls into that area with me of of Abe Cunningham and other great drum writers he just writes great drum parts i don't think those yeah. songs are the same without his drum parts no that band wouldn't be the same without him yeah, yeah no and it's way. not just like I said it's not just his drumming it's also the part itself so I, I wish I knew him better or wish I knew him at all just to know are you the one writing this stuff because these drum parts are just so important to the music yeah, yeah have you checked out his YouTube channel he ha- he's got I'm just looking at it now he's got some drum covers that are pretty awesome no diggity by Black Street <laughs> shut uh, up he does six foot seven foot by Little Wayne <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> but I mean he's going for it. He's it's not he's not joking around. <laughs> That's so cool, man. He's he's incredible. Uh, I mean, and for those of you that want to see him right now, just go follow Nelson Drum Company or Nelson Drum Co on Instagram because uh, Bryson brought him in and and he did a ton of videos and um, all on vintage kits and it's really cool because he goes in, man. He he does his thing. So definitely yeah. check out Darren King. He's a fantastic drummer and he's doing the thing where he's got all the you know major label success and everything that we as kids wanted as rock stars but he's still forging his own path and staying true to who he is and man every time i i meet somebody like that's maybe between say 17 and 30 but they've got that thing about them drumming wise where i'm like man you're kind of quirky i always ask like you big darren king fan like oh <laughs> he's my guy and i'm like cool really? man i love when Somebody's not influencing everybody to play more notes, more notes, but instead to find their own voice. It's really cool. Very cool stuff. All righty, guys. Well, it is time for us to get into some of our dessert, and that is the Remo Power Stroke 3 Felt Tone Bass Drum Heads. That's a mouthful. Um, (laughs) So Power Stroke 3, in my opinion, changed the drum head world, or the Power Stroke series, I should say. I remember when that came out. It was the first time I had seen a head that had multi layers to it because it had that yep. strip in the middle or not the strip the extra uh what would you call it like almost like a zero ring right yeah it was like underside zero ring on the underside yeah and i just yeah. remember it was the first bass drum head that you could put on and play your bass drum pretty open and be like wow this still sounds good yeah um so that really changed the game for me so the power stroke three felt tone is different how it's pretty. It's pretty ingenious. Uh, what it is, it's basically a power stroke three. So it's got the ring around the, the circumference. Okay. But then they added a still connected to that ring. They they basically made a vertical strip of that same mylar, and then between that mylar and the drum head, they inserted a felt strip. Oh. So you've got basically the old school felt strip, but it doesn't go over the barren edge like a felt strip would. It's just floating on the underside of the head oh, because okay. the mylar is holding it there. It's glued to that layer of mylar. I gotcha. That's kind of it's it's pretty it's pretty ingenious. Uh, and I I got to check out both versions. So there's the they have a uh, fiber skin version and then a hazy version. Okay. Uh, and I did the hazy version on the batter side and the fiber skin on the front. Um, Wait, both at the same time? Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, that's cool. With no extra muffling, so that was it. That was my setup, and I put it on an old twenty-four inch uh, WFL concert drum that I've had forever. Nice. That, quite frankly, I never loved. It kind of didn't really do it for me. It kind of sounded a little like, okay weak. But I put these heads on, it and it was like, whoa! I'm not selling this drum now. Like I was Re- seriously like, like contemplating. That much. Yeah, I was going to sell that drum because it just wasn't. It wasn't giving me enough of what I wanted. Uh, for whatever reason, I think it's because it's not quite in. in perfectly round and okay you know i was trying everything i tried pinstripes i tried uh just regular ambassadors and the drum just never worked but these heads brought that drum back to life it was like the perfect mix of <clears throat> like an open sound but then the felt strip just gave it like a nice uh like a cleaner attack but not making it super punchy so it, it resonates doesn't, it, doesn't it doesn't look uh, like it, from the video i'm watching right now it doesn't look like what you would think that that felt strip, the way you said it, it kind of makes you visualize that it's just literally nailed or like glued to the head. But it looks like it has a little free movement in there to breathe almost. Yeah, um, it's the, yeah, it's only glued to the mylar that's floating on the back of the actual head. It's not right. glued to the the plane, the, the head itself. Yeah, so it seems like it can kind of breathe almost like a compressor. It can almost breathe on the attack yep. and then muffle <clears throat> right after it. Yeah, so it performs like a regular felt strip would if you just... Yeah use the, the third party felt strip but right. it doesn't compromise the bearing edge seating because it doesn't go over over top of the shell did you go in on this drum enough that to find out if this felt strip will stay on at, with some beating uh it hasn't i mean i use oh you I still have it, it. yeah it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's staying that's on that drum. <laughs> yeah that drum is never going to change that's that's the setup for that drum and i've tried every combination that's i really cool man. to get that drum so it it's and it's not as old school kind of vintagey as you would think. It actually makes a, a really nice modern snap, but with all the low end rumble in a good way. So Darren King would use it, absolutely, without a <laughs> doubt. He would use it. He would use it. But awesome, I think you man. could also use it on you know on contemporary gigs if you yeah maybe just put it on the front. Gotcha. Uh, or or use it on the batter and have a ported head on the front. It's. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice head. I'm, I'm really impressed by it. I have it on my Bebop kit and on that 24. And again, it's not as it's not the instant 50, 60 sound that you would think. It's it's actually a contemporary. It sounds like a Power Stroke three. It has wow. that that all that punch, but you don't have to throw anything inside the drum. I was just gonna ask. I boink. think you said this in the beginning, but on your 24. So right now you have nothing in it, just these two heads. Nothing inside. Wow. So, so when I just use a regular Power Stroke three on that drum, it sounds good, but there's some of that boinkiness, sure. that like basketball sound. Yep. This Tung. so I, so inevitably I end up throwing a towel or something there that kind of negates the whole point in using such a big drum to begin with. This gets rid of all that, so it's just mm. a, a nice low end rumble and none of the boink. It's really <laughs> none of the boink. <laughs> Dude, okay. <laughs> can that be the can that be the word of the week? Boink. Boink? Yeah. Oh man. LeSean How do we spell it? B o i n k. Fine. The word of the week is <laughs> boink. Email <laughs> it over to mdinfo at moderndrummer.com. <laughs> and and there goes our career. <laughs> man, I had I got in a fight with the not a fight but a, a thing with the wife. We'll get back to these heads in a second. But the word noodle, she had never heard. She's like so. So what were you and Devin and uh, uh, I had my buddy Jared in town and she said, well, what were you and Devin and Jared doing? I said, oh, we're just noodling around a bit. She's like, noodling? I'm like, yeah, like not, you know, noodling. She's like, so tomorrow you're going to go noodle? And I'm like, well, no, you you only noodle in the past. She's like, you, and she was really trying to understand. She's like, so you you wouldn't call Devin up and say, hey, bro, do you want to go noodle? And I'm like, hell 
Hell no. I would never ask somebody to go noodle. Unless you're going to a ramen restaurant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I would never. And I don't say that we're going to noodle tonight. Um, but <laughs> it's fun. I was like, yeah, I only use it in the past tense. Like, uh, like noodling. he was just kind of noodling around on the guitar while I was getting set up. But I would never ask him, hey, do you want to noodle a little bit? Like, I would say jam. <laughs> what a weird word. Anyways. <laughs> I can't think of a way to comment and have it not go into off-color There you go. Discussion. There you go. Well, some, someday <laughs> we'll have Mike and Mike after hours and we'll drop the heat. Uh, Beep. The audio that we're going to listen to, is this Jeff Hamilton playing this? It is. I'm grabbing it from Remo's page. It's him playing a little bebop kit. All right. Let's check it out. You can hear that bass drum. It has all that puff, but it hits and gets out of the way, and there's no like high kind of ringy stuff, which yeah. I really like. It's, it's like, are you talking to me? Or are we back on? The no, yeah, we're back on. Oh, but you can hear it. Yeah. Right? You can hear that it doesn't have all that high end over ring. That's cool if you're playing bebop, but no, in most situations, it's, it's man, not cool. That thing sounds fantastic. I, it doesn't hurt that Jeff Hamilton's playing it, but right, yeah. that sounds fantastic. But no, I, I think. You're right. It's it's weird. It's it's not the bebop sound I was expecting when I saw that kit. Yeah. Um, it actually had a little bit of low end, but it wasn't like he was trying to get some drum and bass sound or something. It's man. Yeah, I'm impressed. It's pretty natural. Yeah, it's kind of what I think everyone wants to do when they use a little bit of muffling, but it never quite gets you there. This right. kind of gets you there right away. I'm I'm a big fan. So congratulations, Remo. I think these heads are game changers for me. Hopefully, they will be for a lot of other people as well. Awesome. That's really cool. All right, guys. We'll check those out. That's the Remo Power Stroke 3 Felt Tone Bass Drum Heads. Uh, you can go to Remo's website, and then obviously you can just find them at any of your local retailers or any of your Remo dealers. All right, it's time to get to your listener questions. We've got some audio questions this time. And uh, let's see here. Are we starting with Sam? I guess so. Number four in our folder. <laughs> Boom. Sam, offbeat click. Hey, Mike and Mike. It is Sam from Australia here again. Um, hope you're both doing really well. Yeah, I do just have some questions regarding um, practicing with the click on the offbeat. Just for you, um, Mike Dawson, since you have done it so much, I'm sure I'm sure you've done it heaps too, Mike Johnson. But um, question is, do you treat the offbeat as the fourth sixteenth, or are you thinking of it as, say, the ands or the es? I'm thinking in advance. And thanks for the podcast, guys. Uh, all the best. So yeah, well, uh, that's kind of relevant to what you're going about to dive into. <laughs> I've, I've been doing it, yeah, and uh, I was hoping that maybe even I'll let you answer this whole question since you're doing it or you've done it. But I was hoping yeah. maybe next week we could talk about my process of getting over yeah. to the e's and the ands and the us and oh, cool, making cool. the mental jump because I'm trying to as a teacher I'm trying to also think how do I convey this to someone else once I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I think basically the answer is yes, all of those. Um, mm-hmm. Like, for instance, when I turn my metronome on to do my warm-ups in the morning, it's I'm hearing it on the and immediately. Like, I don't ever play it on the quarter note anymore. Really? So my, okay. my basic click is on the ands. Or if I'm playing in a triplet feel, it's on the third triplet partial. That's oh, you like put it? My, oh, okay. That's my basic click. I don't ever have it on the downbeat if I don't have to anymore. Then after I just run through my routine with that, if I'm really going to practice timing, then I'll put it on the E. 
of the sixteenth notes or the uh, of the sixteenth notes. But then I'm not I'm not practicing technique anymore. I'm practicing timing. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just practicing technique, it's on the and or the third triplet partial because those I've gotten really comfortable with. The e's and the uhs I'm not quite as comfortable with, so I'm using those more as my timing practice subdivisions. But you should definitely do all of them. The and I think is going to be the easiest to start with. The E is going to be the most difficult. Um, the middle triplet is going to be a real bear. Uh, mm-hmm. But do them all and go very slowly. <laughs> and yeah. be, be aware that you're going to flip it around a hundred times before you get it right. Um, but yes, I think it is the most valuable practice you can do for your timing. Would you, let's say, since you're saying do them all, would you get decently comfortable with one before <clears throat> trying the other? Or would you suck at the ends and be like, well, then let me give the E's a go and be terrible at those. And then be like, give me the O's all in one practice session. Or would you kind of have a chunk of time where it's like, let me get the ends down. Once I have those kind of feeling good, a week later, I can start to try the E's. Or, or I, and I mean this back in the past yeah. when you were learning this. I don't think... For me, that I could be as compartmentalized about it, it was like, I'm going to spend an hour working on my time, so I'm going to first just put it on the end and just see what rhythms I can play and not lose the, the pulse. Now I'm going to stop and let's put it on the uh, and can I do any of those rhythms or do I have to go slower and break it down even further? Right. So I kind of practice timing as its own course, right. using all those. Um, as far as when I'm just throwing on a metronome and, and working on technique, I just use the and and I'm just now starting to get into the E and the middle triplet note. So I, I'm probably a year of practicing on the ands and the third triplet before I decided, all right, now let me switch my metronome, my basic metronome for when I'm doing my rudimental warm-ups and stuff to the other subdivisions. Gotcha. Um, I, kind of, I kind of chop it up in two different ways. And I want to save this for next week when we actually make this a topic, but you can just give me a yes or no. When you're doing this, do you have a click that starts on the downbeats and then jumps to the E's, or do you just nope. start? Okay, so you have to do it in your mind, right? Yep, immediately. So as soon as I turn it on, I'm hearing it. That was that was part of the practice, right? Like as soon as I turn it on, that's the and. <laughs> what do I got to okay, do? Okay, well that's the that's <laughs> the thing that I want to talk about next week is the fact that you know it's easy for someone to say you should put the click on the E, but it's like yeah, I can't get my brain over there. You don't mm. understand? I can't get it there. I can't even start to practice because I can't even feel it. So I <laughs> yeah, had to go I through my, that. I had, I had to learn techniques. techniques. Okay. Yeah, I have a couple of things. So if we want to make, make that a topic next week, let's yeah. do that. Because I, I remember what I had to do to get that to flip over. There you go. All right, Sam. Well, I hope that helps. Just the you know the main answer to your question is yes, we put it on all of them. Uh, Mike's been doing it for a long time, and I've been doing it for a little while. And I do agree with Mike. It is insanely helpful, and we'll talk about it more next week. All right, next question. Next question. Hey, Mike and Mike. Uh, this is Nick Murray coming to you again from the sandy beaches of Poughkeepsie, New York. Um, uh, as always love your show and really appreciate all the questions you guys have answered for me. And, uh, I found so many things helpful and, uh, you know, I can't thank you enough. Just a quick one for you this time. Um, just sort of about snare drum sounds. Uh, I find myself in situations a lot during gigs. Um, I, I often have musical pit gigs or jazz combo gigs. I find myself in situations where either mid song or from song to song, the style will change and I want a different snare drum sound. And I sort of experiment with some different things, but you know, if a song starts with a jazz feel where you want the tighter snare sound, then it segues to a funk groove where you want the fatter snare drum sound. And there's not time to, you know, have a, a, a second to detune the snare drum or have a side snare. You know, what are some things you guys have sort of um, messed around with and found success with over the years? Just wondering if there's anything, uh, any advice you have for me or just any, you know, general experience you want to share. So, 
Uh, appreciate any time you guys have to put into this and uh, look forward to hearing the show this week. See you. I mean, I would just say the BFD, right? The Big Fat Snare yeah. Drum? Big Fat Snare Drum is the best commercial product, but you could also just cut an old drum head up into it, like a either make it a fully solid head and then just lay that on top of the drum when you need a dead sound. Or mm-hmm. uh, what I did for years was I would cut like the size of the black dot on a on a CS head, okay. cut that out of the center of, a, of an old head, and then mm-hmm. lay that upside down on my snare. So then at least I have the plain surface of my original head but mm. it still lowers and mutes the sound to give me that kind of 70s disco sound. Yeah, there you go. That's what I do. I mean, it, you do have to be aware that it makes a drum quieter. Right. That's that's the one caution. Like, if, if you're wailing rim shots on an unmuffled steel drum and then you throw that on there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot quieter, and your sound guy will probably need to freak out and, and adjust right. the level a little bit. But, yeah, that's what I would do, for yeah, sure. That or the big fat snare drum, either one. Those will work. All right. Unamas. Hey, Mike and Mike, this is Ben Laffer from San Francisco, California. First off, just want to say thanks for all that you guys do. Uh, the podcast is a huge source of inspiration for me, and I know a lot of other people. I'm constantly telling people about it. Um, but my question for you guys is, what uh, has been an unexpected benefit of doing this podcast week after week? Uh, getting to know each other, and obviously you guys have become much better friends throughout the course of this podcast. Um, but what have, what's been surprising to you guys um, for the better of your own personal lives in drumming or, or outside of drumming? Thanks so much. Man, Ben was actually here at this camp, and uh, he had to leave camp. Oh, no. Yeah, he had a, a family emergency. And I just said, dude, handle your business. We'll, you know, we'll comp your fee for next year or whatever. Um, That's a bummer. But man, he's so we got to talk about you a little bit because we were at lunch and he was asking a couple oh, yeah. questions. But I was like, "Wait, do you know Mike?" He's like, "Yeah, I used to write for MD." And um, I, I knew him when he was a teenager. Yeah, that's what he said. He said he yeah. maybe he knows a trumpet player that you play with or something. Yeah, we used to. I gave him a few lessons. I was a, I think I was a senior in college, and he was in maybe a senior in high school. So he was just preparing for music school and okay. Yeah, he was he was scary then. Oh, he's he's a beast. I was really sad to see him go because he was he was sitting in the middle of the front row. So I knew any video that I want to put on Instagram, if I just show him as the main subject, he's going to nail the exercise, and then everyone <laughs> behind him can kind of flub through it. But the viewer will only watch Ben, and it'll make it seem like the whole class is killing it. Um, he he's awesome and. He's actually, it was funny, I was going to bring this up to you. We will get to his question, of course, but um, <laughs> he, uh, he told me about a, a, a shop called A Drummer's Tradition. Have you ever heard of that? No. Where is that? So it's in San Rafael, which is only like an hour and 40 minutes from me, and it's a full-blown uh, vintage drum shop. And they've been around oh, forever, cool. and they're just kind of low-key, but I checked out their website, and they have a ton of stuff. I mean, it's a full-blown vintage shop, and I, I really thought that... Um, What's the one in Oregon? Uh, Revival. I yeah. thought Revival was the closest to me, and so now I'm so excited to take a day trip down there and go check it nice. out. And but Ben was man. I, it was really sad to see him go because he was the one that was going to set the tone for the camp. When you have somebody that's that good and that humble, how can anyone else not fall in line? You know, right? Um, yeah. And and so, uh, but Ben, man, it was great getting to work with you just for the short amount of time I did before you had to leave. And uh, and yeah, it, he had great things to say about you. So as far as his question, uh, I would say one, I kind of forgot how deep the drums are. 
Um, mm. We have to talk about so many topics. I'm like, God, I haven't thought about that since I was like 15, but that's very important, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I also am in a endorsement bubble. I forget that Pearl yeah. makes drums and Zildjian yeah. makes great cymbals because I'm just not – I don't go to my local music store every day, so I just kind of – it's not that I forget; I just don't see it as much. And so, to these product reviews, man, they—I mean, just that Remo head. That how would I have known that? I'm not yeah. going to go shopping for Remo heads, um, <laughs> right? You know, and so yeah, so that's been a really cool thing for me. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is our differences in approach to reach the same goal, which is to be happy with our drumming. Mm-hmm. You and I have a collective six decades of approach that is very different. And we're both mm-hmm. really happy with where it led us. Um, so I think that's what I've learned the most. What about you? Yeah, I would I would feed off that. I think stealing your ideas has been <clears throat> has been very valuable for me as a drummer because it's the opposite, and largely it's kind of the opposite approach to certain things. Right. So that's been good. Like going through some of your courses on your site, I'm like, I never would have done this. I never would have gone to this level of process with one sticking or something like that. Mm. So that's been very valuable I mean, on a personal level. Uh, I think on the grand scale, I think it's just been super inspiring to to remind ourselves that the drum community is really strong. Yeah, good when point. The, I mean, the when you just the divisiveness that just kind of happens in society and our culture now, and everyone's staying in and and not necessarily going out and doing community activities. We've got this little show that all of a sudden here's thousands of people who are like, yes, let's get together and talk about the most nerdy, ridiculous drum <laughs> stuff we can think of. Yeah, and totally. anyone listening to it who's not a drummer is going to think we're insane. But I love that because. That's what I did in college. I mean, we would stay up all night and listening to John Coltrane records and talking about his ride cymbal sound and how it sounded like eggs frying in a pan. Like, stuff that you just can't... I can't go down to the local (laughs) restaurant and and have a conversation. I remember even trying to have my parents hear what I was hearing. I'm like, no, you don't understand. That's the whole thing, Dad. He didn't do a fill. Vinny <laughs> can do all the fills in the world, but he didn't do one, Dad. Yeah. Dad's like, yeah, He's cool. Like, Great, get a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can only pay for you for so long. Oh, bum. So well, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I, it's I'm just, you. I, you know, just because it's, it, you know, we all kind of live in our own little bubbles now because we don't have to go we, and and be in communities very often anymore, unfortunately. And I think this this kind of revitalized my passion for just sharing information and getting together yeah. with people and just meeting people. I mean, at NAM, meeting half a dozen people that I I know only because I know their name because they've sent questions in or right. via Facebook. And they're yeah. like, like, wow, this podcast is actually helping bring us together. I'm making new friends, which is super, super cool. So I agree. Awesome, That's man. been the best part for me. Well, guys, thanks for your questions. Thanks for your – I mean, that I think that can bring it full circle as far as thanks for your support. The fact that you guys listen to this that is your support, and we really appreciate it because we are having 97. a blast doing this. This has not become a job for Mike or I. Um, yeah. Even if we're exhausted, by the time we get to the the end of the hour, it it's like, how did that fly by so fast? You know? Yeah, exactly. It's like I wouldn't want to skip it because I need it. It's like a coffee. <laughs> it, totally, totally. Uh, it's, yeah, it's my therapy. Every time I hang out with a camper, they finish all my sentences because they know every story I've ever told. and And, and they always say this. So I heard uh, that your last camp, uh, and I'm like, no, you didn't. He- well, you didn't hear it like through the grapevine. I said it on the podcast, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird, man. How many people brought up the tour bus zipper incident? Oh, I don't. I don't <laughs> think anyone has the uh, the egg, the the huevos to bring that up yeah. in front of me. They do. 
Every time I count the campers in, someone will shout out, like that. Oh, good God. Why did I even tell that story? Oh, my goodness. But thanks for bringing up the tour bus uh, zipper incident. I haven't, I haven't I felt like an embarrassed those. 11-year-old in a while, but now I do. So, All right. Guys, keep sending your questions to mdinfo at moderndrummer.com. And, and the word keep- of the week is? What Boink. was it? Boink, B-O-I-N-K. Send that in if you want to be entered into the oh 100th episode giveaway. Those are going to get spammed. LaShonda's going to be like, <laughs> boink, no, gone. Yeah, you know what? Please don't put it in the subject line. Put contest entry in the subject line and then yes. add the word. There we go. There that way go. we don't. Because I don't want you to get spammed. We want you to be legitimately entered into the contest. <laughs> All right, it is time for our picks of the week. My pick of the week this time is... Uh, said videos hopefully all of you by now have seen npr's tiny music desk concert series it's just incredible to see some of the greatest musicians in the world completely stripped down shoved into a corner with some very minimal miking and they just got to play uh so the one that i'm talking about this week is tank and the bangas b-a-n-g-a-s mike i promise this will change your life yeah i i'm i am willing to bet the 13-inch snare that I still have in my possession from Modern Drummer, <laughs> if you don't feel life-changed, I will send that thing back tomorrow. Tank uh, and the bank? T- <laughs> Dude, how white do we sound? Tank and the bank? Tank and the, oh, and the bangas. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and then you even go whiter. Oh, and the bangas. Okay. That's not a word that I will ever use. Yeah, no. But... Honestly, the the arrangements are some of the most cool and complex arrangements I've ever seen a band try to pull off. Um, this guy, the drummer, I honestly don't, unfortunately, don't know his name, but the drummer is playing whisper quiet, but still just absolutely killing it. Um, cool. And so you have to get about two minutes in before the song really starts. And I, I don't know this, but these guys must have done a lot of music theater in New Orleans. This uh, this is a New Orleans group, uh, but they must have done a lot of music theater because the performance level is out of control. Um, So check out Tank and the Bangers on YouTube, but check out the Tiny Music uh, Desk Concert from NPR, and uh, it's life-changing. Actually, for all the listeners, if you don't agree it's life-changing, I'll just send you a 13-inch snare. Uh, Just write Modern Drummer and ask for it, and you'll be all good. Do not do that. Uh, By the way, next week uh, we'll be announcing the... uh, uh, myself and Carter McLean have officially kind of got all, our camp all worked out. So we'll, we'll announce that Thank next you. week and we'll announce it first on the podcast so that our podcast listeners have the first chance to grab one of the eight spots and Great. then I'll announce it to the public. So I'll take what, one of them. Boom. You can, you can teach it with us. What is your <laughs> pick of the week? My pick of the week. So I'm actually going to call out um, one of our listeners, um, Alberto. He was saying that we need to stop talking about how great the Ludwig Acrylite is because it's making them more expensive <laughs> online. Yes, we're raising so the price. My pick of the week is the six and a half by fourteen Such Ludwig Acrylite reissue. <laughs> Wait, did you just say reissue? Yeah, because so I it's mean, a new the, drum. Well, the, yeah. The thing with the the Acrylite is it was it came out in the sixties, I believe, mid sixties, and it was only available in a five by fourteen. It was strictly supposed to be a school student drum. Yep, came as a pack, right, with a stand and everything. Yeah, exactly. But then I I may be wrong, but I believe the New York public school system custom ordered six and a half by fourteen Acrylites. Really? So there's a super limited run of those from back in the sixties. If you go to eBay and look for a vintage Acrolite 6.5x14, you're going to be paying a couple thousand dollars for that sucker. Really? Okay. 
but they reissued them last year, I believe. It's the same spec, so it's it's essentially the same drum, but just a new version with the blue olive badge instead of the Keystone badge. Yeah, cool, and man. And it's very affordable. I found one used for like under three hundred bucks. Okay. And it's become. I mean, I think I found my snare drum sound for rock and roll. It's it's amazing. Really? Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. And so yeah, brand new. Whether I'm looking right now, I'm just happen to be looking at Lone Star Percussion. Brand new. You're looking at about four to four twenty. Um, and so yeah, 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 I would assume, yeah. like you said, if you find a, lo- a used a lost one, if you find somebody <laughs> lost it in the street, if you find a used one, you could probably get it in that three three range. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's telling because there's not many used ones available online because I don't think anyone wants to sell them at the moment. That's pretty, cool, man. They're pretty awesome. But yeah, I just got it and and instantly I'm like, oh, there it is. That's the sound, man. I would love to uh, review that just so that our, our, you know, I mean, it would be great too. I mean, we obviously generally tie our reviews to the magazine, but it'd be fun too to do a review of just our personal favorite snares. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. You know, and just kind of show, especially if they're available to be purchased now. Because <clears throat> um, mine, you know, mine aren't all Gretsch. I, I have a lot of snare yeah. drums um, and I use them for different purposes. So. You know, we're, we're going to have to figure out what to do after episode 100. Maybe we could do Snare of the Week for, for a few Ooh, few I weeks. like that. That yeah. would be awesome, man. I, man. Can get us, I can get us through about a year and a half. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I can I can switch that watch problem straight to snare drums and start buying those again. I'd be happy to do that. Uh, so, awesome. Well, everybody, thanks again for all your support. Uh, I, I didn't... I don't know how. Maybe it was because of Ben's question, but this all of a sudden became the feel-good episode. But we uh, yeah. are really appreciative of, of you guys supporting us and just being on this journey with us and uh, and letting us grow. We had no idea what we were doing when we started, and we still really don't. But we're yeah. having we're getting really good at not knowing what we're doing. So um, it's kind of a meta meta experience. <laughs> <laughs> very very much so. All right, so everybody, don't forget that you have mm. to send the word boink to mdinfo at moderndumber.com that will be the final time that I ever say the word boink thank you that is oh man (laughs) if I could have just waited a little longer bangas could have been the word (laughs) later later goodness gracious